Um, if you're here for the first time, man, we are delighted that God has brought you. And I love the fact that we get to do this together. When I say this, I mean open the word of life and profoundly, personally experience Jesus. Um, he is present uh, with us. And uh, we are grateful for his power and love, which we'll celebrate in, in just a moment. But before I get to my uh, message, I, I just wanted to thank you. Oh my gosh, God is up to something amazing here. Lives are being changed already this year. 66 people have given their lives to Christ and been baptized. So we're celebrating that. You know, I think it's... Uh, and all, all those people, they were invited here by a family member or a friend, coworker or neighbor. And you, I know that you're inviting now, but I want us all to take our inviting quotient up to another level. And to help you invite your friends and family, your neighbors and coworkers, grab some of these little creative invite cards that are on the table uh, at that entrance on your way. Grab a bunch of them. Because probably if you invite 10 people, one will come. So pass them out at work and in your neighborhood to your friends and, and family. Our Jesus is worthy. In fact, I would, um, I, I'd encourage you to pray over the ones that you grab and ask God to give you the names of the people that he wants you. I can't think of a greater gift that you can give someone than a warm invitation to join you right here. Um, but I'm gonna pray over these now and ask God's favor. Would you bow with me? Our Father, you are a marvelous God, and, and we are grateful um, that things have returned to normal post-COVID here at church, better than normal. You are super abundant, God, but we know that within a 10-mile radius of this campus, there are tens of thousands of people who don't know you, and recent research indicates that 80% of those tens of thousands would say yes to come if somebody would just ask them, so please give us the names of the people in our lives, friends, neighbors, coworkers, family, that you want us to invite. Leverage us to your glory, Father. Use these invitations for the sake of your name. In Jesus we pray, amen. Uh, the cards highlight, um, I forgot to say this because I'm a little hungover today and I'll tell you why in a second, but the cards highlight our next teaching series called Rethink. When your life doesn't turn out the way you you planned. Now, the reason for my hangover, um, I partied all day uh, yesterday. Yesterday morning, uh, my Deb and I, we were with 400 party animals, all goats. <laughs> yeah, one of the families in our church, they had this huge goat operation. And uh, we went out there, they turned their farm into this big fun festival. And we, we had a, a blast. My wife tried to steal one of the goats, so pray for her. Um, but we, we had a great, great time. And then yesterday afternoon, we had a party, a, a baby shower for my daughter, Lovia, and the greatest son-in-law in the world, Aaron. We're, yeah, pretty cool. Lovia is back in the will now that she's given me a grandbaby. She's got a granddaughter. We've got a granddaughter coming. They've named her Soleil Josephine, which is, I'm going to call her Sojo. Um, <laughs> but what, what great joy. What a great reason to get family, friends, and have some fun together. Now, how many of, of you love parties? The bigger, the better. You're, you're party animals. Bunch of you guys. Me? <laughs> 
That's not me at all. My favorite kind of party is me and my Debbie and our dog watching the latest episode of Gunsmoke. <laughs> I know I'm really boring. But what I want to do this morning is take you to a huge party. Not in size, not in the number of guests, but in significance and importance. I want to, this is a celebrity dinner party in the Bible. Book of Mark. We're journeying through the book of Mark, chapter 14. Now, let me introduce you to the celebs at this party. Number one guy, his name is Simon. It's his house. He's throwing the party. It's a huge bash. Everybody calls him Simon the leper because he had been a leper. I mean, in his life was hell. He had been, I mean, right now at the party, he looks like a guest in his own home, which actually he is, because when he saw the first spot of leprosy, man, he was ousted out of the house, banned from the community, had to live outside the city walls at a trash dump just to survive on bits of garbage that people threw over the wall. His life was a nightmare. Dressed in rags, couldn't stand the smell of his own decaying body, had to shout out, unclean, 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 if anybody came within sight of him. His life was a nightmare until he met Jesus. Jesus did for Simon what no one had ever been willing to do. Jesus touched him, and in the touching, healed him. It's one of the reasons when I pray with you uh, for your babies or about your cancer, I pray that the nail-pierced hands of Jesus be applied to your body because by his wounds, we are healed. Well, this is more than a miracle for Simon. This is absolutely unprecedented. A leper had never been healed in the history of the world, and Jesus healed Simon. So in love and gratitude to honor Jesus, he throws this big party Another celeb there, his name was Lazarus. And Lazarus, I mean, everybody wants to see him, probably get his autograph, because Lazarus was dead for four days, four days dead, until Jesus raised him back to life again. And so, man, now every heartbeat, every breath is a gift of God. And at this party, Lazarus, he's not going to leave Jesus' side. He wants to hang around the bread of life and just suck up all the love and joy and peace that he can. You see this, this party is completely centered around Jesus. Everything that happens, the meal, the guest, all centered around Jesus. And your life, your life can become a party with a purpose when you center everything in your life around Jesus. Your relationships don't have to get mired down in the muck of conflict. Your relationships can be a party when you center everything in your relationships around Jesus. Your finances, serious, your finances can be a party when you center your finances around Jesus. Your emotions can be a joyous party when you center your emotions around Jesus. So, Simon Lazarus, called back from the dead, four days dead. Lazarus had two sisters who were celebrities in their own right in that community, Mary and Martha. Now, Martha, she was a whiz uh, in the kitchen, and they both were tremendously grateful and in awe of Jesus, who had called back their brother, and their, their brother, Lazarus had told them he would never forget the day that Jesus called his name and woke him up out of death. 
dead four days. Never forget when he slipped off that slab in the stone-sealed tomb. The tomb, the stone is rolled back and he shuffles out of the grave, wrapped up like a mummy, patiently waiting for someone to strip away the grave clothes. Mary and Martha got their brother back alive. How do you thank Jesus for something like that? Well, Martha, she's a kitchen girl. She loves to prepare big meals for lots of people. She's the hostess with the mostest. And she's putting on the spread in Simon's house that day. But Mary, Mary's not much in the kitchen. I mean, she can burn a Pop-Tart. Um, but she's, she's got to find a way. How do I thank Jesus? How do I worship him as God? How do, how do I honor him? And so she thinks about it. I, I would believe she prayed about it. And she senses God leading her to do something out of the box. But she's committed to carry it through. She didn't really get it, but she's committed to do it. Um, and, and I want to tell you this. These guys at this party, um, being in the presence of Jesus, they were just soaking up his love, hope, joy, and peace. And the same can be true for you and I. As we position ourselves in his presence, man, we just absorb his love. We, we, we open his word and spend time listening to him. We, we, we bow in prayer in his presence and open our hearts to him. And in fact, at this party, uh, nobody loved like Jesus. Nobody laughed as much as Jesus. Nobody I mean, when, they, when Jesus spoke, everybody hung on every word. But when he listened, man, it's like people couldn't help but open their hearts to him. And he just filled those hearts with love, hope, joy, and peace. And so if you ever feel like you're running low on all those qualities that money cannot buy, love and hope and joy and peace, you just position yourself in his word and prayer and worship Position yourself in the presence of Jesus and he just fills you up with love and hope and joy and peace. Well, Mary gets it. She's gonna take the dare. It's wild, outside her comfort zone, but she's gonna do it. And here's how the word of God accounts it. Now, I, I, I gotta tell you, this incident is recorded both in Mark and in John. So I'm gonna put those two texts together, together to give you the whole picture, okay? Here we go. Jesus was in Bethany. That's the hometown of Mary and Martha and Lazarus and Simon. He's at the home of Simon the leper and a dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Uh, Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with Jesus. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard. The only place in the world to get nard at that time was India. And this 12-ounce jar was worth, in today's dollars, $30,000. I can't even imagine carrying something worth $30,000. Mary carries this 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. 
In, in that day, tables didn't have legs. They didn't sit on chairs. Tabletops were right on the floor and they reclined on cushions, leaning on the left elbow, eating with the, the, the right hand, their feet away from the table for obvious reasons. Well, well, Mary, I don't even know if people notice, but she, she's carrying this jar of $30,000 perfumed oil and she comes to the feet of Jesus and she begins to pour the oil on his feet, but she, she undoes her hair. She lets her hair down, doesn't have anything, does what she can with what she's got, and she begins to massage the oil into his feet. She rubs his arches, rubs his toes in between his toes. And then, I, I think Jesus has come up to a seated position, and she takes the rest of the oil and pours it on his head. Everything, every drop, and it you know just kind of streams down his hair and goes into his beard and drips onto his robe. I mean, now she, her hair, his hair, they both smell of the fragrance. The house was filled with the fragrance. And maybe if, if someone was engaged in a conversation and they didn't notice, now they noticed that they, they took a deep breath. I mean, it filled them more than just the aroma. It filled them like with peace. But, but, but the air of that room was also filled with more than the fragrance. It was filled with a fierce fury. There was an ugly anger, tension in that room over what was just happening at the feet and at the head of Jesus. What Mary does draws a line in the sand. And people are going to take sides. And you and I, we've got to decide today whose side we're on. And, and this action taken by Mary, it launched the last heated argument between Jesus and Judas. Here's what happens. To, to tell you the truth, there are other people that think how Judas thinks, but he's the one who gives vile voice to his thoughts. Judas Iscariot who was later to betray Jesus, objected. What is the matter with you? Are you out of your mind? What are you doing? Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? I mean, it's worth a year's wages. Now, he didn't say this because he gave a rip about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself, help himself to what was in it. Now, look at this. And then others joined in they just, it was a bitter barrage of cruel criticism. Just, can you imagine Mary as I see her? I mean, first she's consumed in the oil and the massage of Jesus' feet, wiping his feet with her hair, and then just her heart just, um, it's not like I'm gonna save some for me, some for you, Jesus. She pours it all out in extravagance. And, and then, they begin to unload on her. Others begin to pile on her, criticizing her harshly. And, you know, she was doing what she thought God had told her to do, what she was led to do, what she sensed she should do. And now she's being attacked by these men in the room. And I can kind of see her, her shoulders shudder as she tries to stifle her sobs. And it, my understanding of Jesus, he doesn't just sit there and watch. I, I, I think he 
puts his arm around her and pulls her close and begins to say, do not be afraid for I am with you. Don't be dismayed for I am your God. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will hold you in my right hand. Then Jesus looks up and he looks, he's speaking to everyone in the room, but he looks dead on to Judas. And Jesus says this, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing for me? I mean, you'll always have, come on, you're blowing smoke. You will always have poor among you. You can help them anytime you want. You will not always have me. She's done what she could. That's all any of us is called to do. I can do what I can do. You can do what you can do. She did what she could. That's that's all that God asks of any of It's just that we resist even doing what we could. But she does what she could. She, she's done what she could and has anointed my body for burial. I don't think she understood that part, but she still did whatever she could understand of what she felt God was leading her to do. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Whenever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and praised. Well, as soon as those words fall from Jesus' lips, Judas, he turns on his heel and stomps out of Simon's house. He makes a beeline to the religious politicians who want Jesus dead and makes a deal. He will betray Jesus with a kiss for the cost of a common slave, 30 pieces of silver. Now me, I don't want what Judas got. And I'm not talking about the money. And you don't want what Judas got. But I tell you something, I want what Mary got. She got the comforting strength of Jesus. And I need his comforting strength in my weakness. She was harshly criticized. And hey, I've been the target of harsh criticism. You've likely been the target of harsh criticism. We need the comforting strength of Jesus. She got the sustaining support of Jesus when the odds were against her. And we need, I want the sustaining support of Jesus when the odds are against me. And the odds tend to be against us, whether it's cancer or financial difficulty or struggles in our marriage or problems in our parenting. We need the sustaining support of Jesus. And and she got his protection I mean, I can't protect myself. There's stuff coming in my life. I don't even know what's coming. How do I get ready? How do I prepare? Tell you the truth, I can rest in the fact that Jesus protects me. And you can rest in the fact that Jesus protects you. So what did Mary do to position herself, to receive the comforting strength of Jesus, the the, the sustaining support, the protection? Here's what she did. Number one, she gave an extravagance and got comforting strength. Typically, only one drop of this essence, this fragrant oil was used at a time. And then only one drop, $30,000, this is gonna last a lifetime. She'd probably been saving it up only to be used on the, 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 the most special of occasions. But here she pours out every drop on the feet and on the head into the hair and beard under the robe of Jesus. And I wondered this week as I went over the text, when was the last time I did something extravagant for Jesus? I, I, I want 
his comforting strength in my weakness. But, but she also, when I put that up, there we go. She also gave what she could and got his sustaining support. Under uh, uh, that bitter barrage of cruel criticism, Jesus just comes along and covers him, wraps his arm around her, begins to speak his promises into her ears. I mean, her against all those men, Jesus is her support. Jesus is her stay. And I know, I know in my life, that's what I need. I need the support of Jesus in my ministry, in my marriage, in my uh, parenting. You need the support of Jesus. And, and then the third third action she took, um, she gave it just the right time. I, I, I don't think she understood the full significance of it, but God led her, God spoke to her, and she did what she was led to do, did what God said to do. And it was the, the exact right time to honor Jesus before his death, burial, and resurrection. And, and as a result, she gets the Lord's protection could never protect herself from what was going to come against her, but, but she gets the Lord's protection. So my Debbie and I, we've talked this week about how we would live this out in our marriage and out in our lives so that we would get God's comforting strength and his sustaining support and, and his protection over every aspect, over our finances, over our kids and grandkids. And you see, every June... Here at Central, last weekend of June, we received a love offering uh, from our church family to help people in need, either in the immediate community or someplace, some hurting place in the world. And, um, and, and so this year, in two weeks, last week of June, in two weeks, next week, my son is preaching. Um, don't clap. I'm teasing you. No, he's awesome. So, I'm uh, <laughs> just teasing you. Anyway, um, we're going to give the major portion of that love offering uh, to the families of the victims, the 19 children and the two teachers killed in Uvalde, Texas. Um, this week, we sent out 140 prayer cards to Robb Elementary uh, School there to be read over the staff and students, but Mary took her prayer and put action to it. We're going to put some substance to our prayers. And we don't know personally any of those families that were wrecked um, by this terrible, terrible tragedy. But we want them to know what the love of Jesus looks like when it comes from Central Christian Church in real ways. And so my Deb and I decided, though it's more than we typically give a love offering beyond our weekly giving, we decided to give $500 next weekend. And that's a chunk of change for us. But we feel like, you know, we can figure out a way to, to, to do that. And I have grandchildren the age of, of the children that were lost. I have teachers that I love that give their lives. I had a teacher here not long ago, maybe it's two weeks ago, up in that section who was weeping that 40% of the school staff is leaving this year because of what a challenge it is to teach. So we just want those families to feel the love of Christ from this church. And so I'd encourage you to pray over the course of the next couple of weeks and come on that last weekend prepared uh, to make a gift. Because here's the deal. You got to know this. 
there is coming the hugest, most historic celebrate, uh, celebrity dinner party of all time. And God the Father is the guest of honor. And the Lord Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, will be at his right hand. And we might be able to be there. We can get invited. Here's what the Bible says. We will be glad and happy and give God praise. The wedding day of the Lamb is here. His bride, the church, is ready. She will be given a wedding dress made of pure and shining linen. What's the deal with the linen? Well, this linen stands for the good things God's people have done. God will bless everyone who is invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. So how do you get an invitation? Last night, those two women who were baptized, when they came up out of the water, they received their invitation to the wedding feast of the Lamb. If you've been immersed, that invitation is yours as you make a life of confessing that you are a sinner and that you need a savior in Jesus who died for your sin and whom God raised from the dead. You make a life of turning from your sin and turning to God in repentance and doing life his way. You you become a recipient of the invitation to the wedding feast of the lamb as you live a life surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. I want the whole church to be there. I want us to give away these cards because I want everybody in the state line to be at the wedding feast of the Lamb. So let's make it hard to go to hell in the state line. Let's invite. I'd like to invite you to stand right now. I'm going to pray over you, but I'm... um, Eric has been down here with me each service. He's coming again to pray. We have, we'll have prayer warriors at either side of this auditorium. Um, we we want to serve you right now. I didn't get to greet every single person in the room. I, I, I'd also like to invite you to come to Christ right now. Get your invitation to the wedding feast of the Lamb. But if there's any way that we can serve you and pray over you, Please come now, and it would be our honor to take you into the presence of Jesus for hope and love and joy and peace. So let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, you are an amazing, amazing God. You are our Savior, our King. You are willing to give us comforting strength in our weakness, sustaining support against all odds, your protection for everything that would come against us in this life. And we want to be on the receiving end. Lord, we want to love you in extravagance. Just do just what we can. We surrender to you, Jesus, now. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Holy Spirit, convict every heart. Draw people to Jesus, Holy Spirit, to the glory of God. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wire podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and have a great week.